0: Hey guys, this is A Simple Fix, and I'm your host, Olivia Yoko Yoko for short. As a certified holistic health coach, I see firsthand how difficult it can be to decipher what is beneficial and what is unnecessary when it comes to wellness. Each week, I will discuss all things health and wellness, share my take on the latest trends, and provide simple fixes that make navigating wellness less complicated and more sustainable. I'm so happy you're here, and I hope you enjoy. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to a simple fix podcast. I am your host, Olivia. Happy Monday. I hope you all have had an awesome first week of spring. Spring is not springing around here, it has been raining and snowing, and I don't think there is a sunny day on the forecast for like another week. So we're trekking along over here in Salt Lake. And I'm sure that that is the case in a lot of other regions and areas in the United States. Regardless, we're going to be okay. Last week, I implemented a new little segment talking about our highs and our lows or our wins and losses. And this week has been an interesting week. I would say for my wins, I have just taken extra steps in my business and have gotten a lot of really good feedback from people that I admire um, who have just given me some really good guidance on the next steps that I want to take in my coaching business. And so I am so excited to be able to bring to you um, all of these changes and these things very soon, so definitely keep an eye out on all my social platforms and on this podcast, of course, but that would be my win is like I really kind of just took initiative and went for it and have been able to be connected with some awesome people. I know that networking is not something that um, Gen Zers like to do. But it has been the most beneficial thing for my business, just getting to know people, getting to hear their own input, what they wish they would have done sooner in their business, what they wish they never would have done, the mistakes that they made, the whole kit and caboodle. So that would be my high for sure. And my low is, unfortunately, I am in my luteal phase right now and I am anticipating a pretty rough period. Um, I have endometriosis, and food and stress and sickness, they all can cause different flare-ups. I feel like I have a pretty good grasp on it, but this month, I'm anticipating with me going through a breakup, me having COVID, and me drinking lots of alcohol when I was in Las Vegas. I think that my period is going to come with a vengeance. I can already feel it. But I think being able to go in it with some grace, understanding what my body needs and and giving it to myself, I think that will help immensely. With chronic illness, you can't beat yourself up about it. You just take the next day and the next day with grace and you just move forward. So, I have no regrets. It was worth it, but I will be taking care of myself a little extra this next month. In this week's episode, we are going to talk all about how I'm alone, but I'm not lonely. I think so many of us can resonate with that, whether you're single, whether you move to a new place, whether you're transitioning in life in any aspect. There is always a time when we're not really spending as much time with the people that we usually do or we're just going through a breakup and we experience being alone for the first time in a while. And it might feel a little weird, but that is what I'm experiencing right now is I had so much time put into a relationship and we would spend our weekends together. We would spend our weeknights together. We would do everything together. And now it's just me and my dog, you know, and it feels a little weird, but I'm alone, but I'm not lonely. And I wanted to share all the things that I have been doing to protect my alone time and to make it valuable and worthwhile and not feel so lonely in it. It's like that Sabrina Claudio song. I'm alone, but I'm not lonely. I don't know. It is stuck in my head and it is like the anthem of this podcast episode. So let's get started with defining the difference between being alone and being lonely. Being alone is a physical state where you are quite literally by yourself. Being lonely is an emotional state where you're feeling alone and disconnected from others, disconnected from yourself, even if they're right next to you. And I think we've all been in that experience where we've had a friend or we've been in a relationship or even family members and we feel lonely when we're with them. And it is not necessarily a a fault of their own A lot of the times it could be different circumstances like stress or, you know, like I said, being disconnected from others, but we don't always have to equate loneliness with being alone. We don't always have to equate the emotional state with the physical state. I want to preface this entire episode with the fact that we need to know our needs an introvert is going to have very different needs than an extrovert. If you spend most nights with your friends and your loved ones, you might feel super lonely with just one interaction with people per week. If you prefer to be on your own, uh, you might feel perfectly satisfied by seeing one person each week. I think another thing is that like, you might feel super lonely when you come home to an empty house even if you you know just left having a great time with other people and you might struggle and if you don't come home to an empty house and you live with someone or you have roommates yet you still feel disconnected when they're together that is normal that's completely natural too being able to understand your needs is going to help you better define what you can do to feel a little less lonely in life. I think for me in this circumstance, in this area of my life, my question was like, okay, how can I prevent myself? How can I be active in not being lonely in my alone time? And it always goes back to self-connection. It always goes back to building a secure base in yourself so that when everybody else is gone, when everything else falls to the wayside, you have yourself and you have a good foundation and you enjoy yourself so that your alone time isn't torturous. It isn't this this thing that you're avoiding and dreading every single day. So today I'm sharing five self-connecting ways to feel less lonely when you're alone. Number one is finding self-connection through inner child work. I love inner child work. I love the psychology behind inner child work and the understanding that we all have a little person living inside of us. Little Olivia has desires and dreams and unmet needs that big olivia is able to Fulfill and achieve and provide for her One way that I love doing inner child work is tapping into creativity I think back on All the things that I used to love doing when I was a kid. I Loved playing music. I loved listening to music. I Embarrassingly, (laughs) used to sit in front of my mirror and pretend like I was being interviewed by Oprah or or Ellen, and I would pretend like I was like some movie star or some some famous singer, and (laughs) I try to use like these big words, and it was so cringy. But now, I mean, I even look at what I'm doing now, and it makes me laugh because. I'm tapping in to my inner child in some way through this podcast, for sure, by talking to myself. Well, I'm really talking to you guys, but you know what I mean. I have been able to identify different ways and areas of my life that maybe have been I've been lacking in creativity, and I could just go back to the basics. Something that I always try to do, especially when I'm in a rut, is whip out my guitar and just play something. It could be a song that already exists. It could be a song that I had written years ago. It could be something new. And I always feel so much more at peace and so much um, happier at the end. And it allows me to express my emotions and my feelings and my frustrations in a way that I feel like we don't really allow ourselves to do um, in everyday life. That is how I am able to tap into that creative space that has been with me since I was a kid. And I have seen such a difference when I take the time and it's not something that I desire to do necessarily. I think I have to will myself to do it sometimes. I have to get up, get out of my bed and go do it. And sometimes that's what healing looks like. Sometimes that's what self-connection looks like, is accountability and is going through with it even even when we don't necessarily feel like it. And every time, I am so glad that I did it. I never regret it. So tap into that creativity, whatever it is that you used to love doing, just go back to it, go back to the basics. Another thing is if you love animals, Go volunteer at a shelter or go to a dog park. There are so many different opportunities. Um, You can pet sit. You know, you don't necessarily have to go out and get a dog or get a cat. There are so many opportunities and outlets. But I will say that having a dog makes my loneliness literally disappear. Um, Always knowing that there's somebody something that is ready for big hugs and kisses and cuddles and, you know, somebody, something that gets me out of, of my apartment helps me regulate my nervous system in such an amazing way. Animals are the best. And I think that being able to connect with something um, is always really helpful, especially when it comes to that inner child. We were kids and we all loved animals. Unless something bad happened, then you probably don't. (laughs) A third way that I love connecting with my inner child is writing myself a letter. I think, again, this is not something that you get like this deep feeling to do out of nowhere. I think it takes um, proactivity. You have to just sit down and do it. But writing a letter to yourself, your future self, your past self, your present self, whatever it may be, that is like monumental. Being able to get those feelings out, get to the bottom of it. Morning Pages, the art of Morning Pages, talks about how it takes like 500 words to be able to really tap into what you're really truly thinking and tap into your subconscious self, being able to connect with yourself in that way is going to provide you with insight that would not come if you were to just go through the motions in your everyday life. Number two is (laughs) connecting with yourself by not running from your mental frustrations. This is so much easier said than done. A go-to practice of mine that I have to credit to my dad, who is a counselor, is the five levels of why. And it is extremely straightforward. It is getting to the root of the problem by asking yourself why five times. So it's like, I was late to work. Why? Because I didn't wake up when my alarm went off. Why? Because I didn't go to sleep on time, why? Because my dog had diarrhea, why? Because I fed it half of my chicken salad sandwich. Okay, don't feed your dog your chicken salad sandwich and you won't be late for work. That was a terrible example, but it really gets down to the bottom of the issue. And Because so often we look at the, under, at, the, at the surface and we're like, oh, I was late for work and I'm so lazy or I can't ever get anything right when there might be other circumstances and other factors that are causing those kinds of issues. I love asking those five whys because it prevents me from placing blame in the wrong area. It also prevents me from putting judgment where judgment does not belong. Um, another kind of way that I do this is by practicing non judgmental observance of myself. And um, I think I had talked about this a little bit in my last episode where I look at the issue, I remove the the fact from my feelings and I create a solution. And it's so easy to avoid doing that kind of work when we are frustrated, when we are um, refusing to acknowledge our feelings and our emotions, but when we are able to sit with ourselves in our discomfort and find the root cause of said discomfort, that is the only way that we are able to actually find a solution and find a resolution in our emotions and our feelings. When we are alone, it is kind of a perfect storm. It allows us to not really have many distractions. We don't have other people who are keeping us from our thoughts. We don't have um, very many things that are preventing us from doing the deep work, but it's we find that distraction in our phones, in TV, um, in, you know, busy work. I find myself when I know that I need to do some inner work, I'm cleaning. I procrastinate. I'll be like doing laundry for the fifth time this week, or I'll be doing the dishes or vacuuming my couch. It's like, no, Olivia, you just need to sit down (laughs) and ask yourself the hard questions. And it's Not very fun in the beginning, but it's so rewarding in the end when you are able to find the solution. And when you recognize that, you know, you've been avoiding doing this and avoiding your feelings for days or weeks, and really it only takes 10 to 15 minutes to really find a solution. Another one is just being able to express your feelings. I so badly want to go to a like one of those rage rooms and just smash things. But there are alternatives to that. There are different ways to be able to express your feelings, whether it's through a letter, whether it's talking to someone. Sometimes I will even do um, like a voice memo. Please nobody ever hack into my phone because... People's feelings will get hurt, (laughs) but I think that being able to express those emotions, express those feelings, and not bottle them up is essential to your health and your wellness. Emotions are not bad things, and if you grew up in an environment where you were unable to express your emotions, you were reprimanded or your feelings were invalidated, this is the perfect opportunity for you to be able to heal that in yourself and for you to be able to redeem all of those times and those moments when nobody listened to you, when nobody validated you, when you had to bottle it up and be strong for somebody else. You can express those feelings now in your own alone time and find healing in it. Another thing is unplugging. And, um, I mean, I mentioned earlier, just the distraction that our phones and our TV and entertainment in general provides for us. And that is great because sometimes we need a time to veg out, but other times we really need that time to unplug and remove all of those distractions so that we are not running from our frustrations and our our emotions being able to practice gratitude. I wake up every morning and I write in my gratitude journal 10 things that I'm grateful for. I wake up in the morning and I the first thing that I do is my my lights turn on because I refuse to wake up to an alarm and I put my hand on my heart and on my stomach and I say thank you for the breath in my lungs. Thank you for my beating heart. I am ready for today and all that it will bring. And I just lay there and smile and start my day off with gratitude and with joy before I even get out of bed. Because I, And I mean, I truly have seen such a difference in the way that I carry myself throughout the day because that is the first thing on my mind is, is gratefulness and joy. And I'm able to see that manifest itself in all areas of my life throughout the day. The last thing when it comes to our mental and emotional health is just not comparing ourselves to others. Very easy to say, very difficult to actually do. And how I keep myself from getting stuck in the comparison trap is By finding the things that make me unique, finding the things that I enjoy about myself that nobody else really brings to the table. And when I'm able to acknowledge my uniqueness and the value inside of that, I am able to have less of an urge to compare myself. And I think it just, it first starts with us. It starts with us acknowledging You know, if there are things that we really dislike about ourselves, reframing that, becoming people who are confident in ourselves, who are secure and sure in ourselves. And these are all the things that you have to do on a daily basis. Being able to take that kind of understanding, and when I'm scrolling on TikTok or when I'm, you know, on Instagram or watching a TV show, whatever it may be. I can find inspiration in those people rather than comparison. And I can look and say, that is what makes them unique. I love that about them. And really, you know, celebrating and championing somebody else's differences instead of wishing and hoping and desiring that I was like them. And I think that's been my favorite way of being able to shift from the comparison trap into admiring other people and finding inspiration and um, being able to celebrate them instead of being envious of them. Number three is don't make every moment look the same. Loneliness starts to creep in when your alone time looks the exact same. If you get home from work at 5.30 every day, and you do the same thing, you eat the same food, you watch the same show, and you go to bed, and you have your same routine every day. Lo- that's like the perfect storm for the lonely bug to come in and be like, ha got you, you're in a rut, life is mundane, and now you're gonna start hating your time with yourself, and I win. I love scheduling dates with myself. I love scheduling time with myself. Even when it came to, um, the first day of spring the night before i scheduled it in it was like 5 to 10 p.m. and i had a whole list of things that i was excited to do and for to welcome in spring and you know that's not every day that i'm going to like sit on pinterest and veg out and and being able to schedule it in. Even, even something that small made such a difference in my day. And I was able to like, look forward to something because I had made that commitment to myself. These little dates that I always talk about don't have to be anything crazy. You don't have to take yourself on an extravagant, you know, adventure. You can just do something different. You can schedule time to unplug get in the bath, read a book, do whatever it is that you enjoy, but just switch it up a little bit. I think starting new hobbies, I think that that will give you just a new outlet. If you're not watching, I'm holding my knitting needles. This is one of my new hobbies and it has been so fun and something that like gets my hands off of my phone, off of all of my devices and it teaches me a new skill and it could be so easy for me to be like, oh, I don't have time. But I'm just swapping it out for the time that I would be scrolling on my phone. It gives me something to enjoy in my alone time. Um, that is more than just, you know, the everyday mundane kind of thing. And then being able to just get outside. I'm an outdoors person. I love camping. I love hiking. I love being able to just like be outside. I love skiing in the winter. Um, so... That is definitely something that I enjoy. I'd read an article about grounding from PubMed and it was talking all about how like grounding or earthing is so beneficial to like inflammation and your immune response and and wound healing and, and like even treatment of chronic inflammatory and autoimmune diseases. Like being able to get outside and walk, put your feet in the grass or in the sand wherever you might be, is going to change your body. I think it, and it has everything to do with the fact that our bodies are like electrically conductive. And so being able to have contact to the ground like recharges us, not just spiritually, but like literally physically. So it is a very cool thing. And being able to just get outside by yourself can bring and new energy and new excitement. Number four is getting the focus off of yourself. I will admit, as a 26-year-old who lives on her own, who works for herself and you know cares for herself, I'm a very self-focused person. I don't really have any other responsibilities other than myself and my dog. It's so easy to get wrapped up and caught up in me, me, me. I need, I need, I need, I want, I want, I want. Even going deeper into that layer is always thinking about, you know, my woes and my struggles and my frustrations and shortcomings. And that doesn't help anyone. And being able to fill your life with like purpose-filled actions, things that get your mind off of yourself has helped me feel less alone because it puts perspective on my life. I think it's very easy to um lack the purpose behind our everyday lives sometimes. And when we are alone and in in isolation and when we begin to feel lonely, it all kind of spirals and we're like, oh, what's the point? There's nothing good going on in my life. There's nothing good that I'm bringing to the table. And that's just not true. And sometimes we just need to get that focus off of ourselves and onto something else. And it gives us that newfound sense of purpose that our spirits need so deeply. And last but not least is looking at the bigger picture. I think sometimes we have to look at our lives in a bird's eye view and we need to learn how to strengthen our coping skills. With the age that we're in when it comes to technology, our coping skills have plummeted, just plummeted. And being able to, you know, have a phone that we whip out at any moment that we're feeling any feelings of discomfort. It's such a weird thing because that has become our coping mechanism when when our bodies are built (laughs) with these coping mechanisms. Our, Our minds are equipped with that. I know that life has these stressors and that they'll come up and we need to know how to be able to cope with them in a healthy and sustainable way. And something that I enjoy doing is being able to take a look, take a bird's eye view of my life and remember when there was a time that something terrible or bad happened and I was able to figure out how to deal with it. Being able to look at how I coped with it, one, by recognizing that I got through it, and two, looking at the the skills that I did use to cope with it, I'm going to put my time and my energy into continuing to develop that. I think it also is a good opportunity to give yourself some credit for being able to get through it and it allows you to have that faith and that trust in yourself that you'll be able to get through you know this current bout of of isolation and and potential loneliness. You are so much stronger and much more resilient than you think you are. Again, looking at the bigger picture is making plans for the future you know, in my circumstance, I'm looking at it like, I'm single. Am I going to be single forever? No, you're not going to be single forever. Literally, you're, you're not going to be single forever. I can take this time to actually invest in the things that I want to invest in. Um, I can recognize that this might be the last time that I'll be single and I better use it wisely. And I can look to the future and invest my time and my energy into healing myself and becoming a better partner for whoever I end up with and um, being able to hope for the future and make plans, even if that's, you know, getting together with my friends who live across the country and going on a trip and anticipating good things that will happen in the future because again, you will not be alone forever. You will not be in your apartment. It will not be winter forever. It won't be cold forever. Things are changing and this is a perfect opportunity for us to start dreaming. And So whether it's you being single or having moved to a new city or losing somebody that you love, knowing that there is so much life left in you should be An exciting thing, and you should look forward to that and make plans according to that. These things have been so helpful to me in my own journey of being alone, and it's not every day that I feel amazing and feel this way, but these that's what these tools are for for when you're feeling that rut come up when you're feeling that loneliness start to creep in, you get to utilize these simple and sustainable tools in your tool belt to prevent you from feeling that that loneliness chronically. Being alone is not a curse. Being single is not a curse. Being in a state of transition is not a curse. These are all incredible opportunities for us to be able to grow deeper in our Selves, to build more security, more confidence, more love for ourselves. And I look at all of the opportunities that I had in the past of me being alone and me going through transitions and being thrown into uncomfortable uh, circumstances. And I wish I would have had these tools to be able to support me in learning to connect with myself more, learning to love myself more. And now that I have these tools, I refuse to squander another season of my life of singleness or um, solitude. There is so much to learn and so many opportunities to grow in this and I don't wanna miss out on it. It's hard work, But some of the hardest things in life are the most rewarding things. And I wholeheartedly believe that when you are able to be okay with yourself and in your solitude, in your aloneness, only the best things come to you. You're so content with yourself. You're so happy with yourself that you will only receive the best. You're not going to... Take anything that's less than that. I so hope that all of these tools were helpful for you, that they are something that you'll be able to um, take with you in whatever season that you're in, whatever circumstance you may be facing, and that the physical state that you're in is not a bad one by any means. It is an amazing, amazing opportunity for you grow. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I will see you all next week. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of A Simple Fix. Be sure to leave a review if you enjoyed what you heard. You can follow me on TikTok and on Instagram at Olivia Yoko Health. And if you're interested in any of my coaching services, you can learn more and get in touch with me on OliviaYokoHealth.com. Talk to you next week.